0: With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to TNTradio.live. You're with Lembid on today's News Talk Radio TNT
1: very good morning to you if you're in the united kingdom four minutes past six greenwich Mean meantime which means it's uh mid-evening in melbourne and sydney wherever you are in the world you're most welcome to join us on this the global answer to free speech. TNT Radio here, uh lighting the fuse for freedom uh, and uh, your opportunity to participate as well. If you've got something you'd like to say to get off your chest, or perhaps you want to correct us if you think we've made a mistake, go to tntradio.live. You can join us on the chat or you'll find the phone numbers. And if you've got time, we'll get you on air as well. We don't censor, <coughs> censor anybody. Nobody's cancelled and all views are allowed. We express points of view as well, but we make it clear those are our opinions, not facts. That's a refreshing change. Coming up in this show, uh, we have a packed programme because a lot's going on in the world. We've got our very own Gemma Cooper. She'll be joining me in a few minutes, giving her a unique take on what she's seen in and around the world. Following that, we've got Simeon Boykov from Down Under, from where I'm sitting, uh, and a fellow TNT presenter. He'll be talking about various important things uh, as well. Uh, then we go to Dr. Judy Wileyman. Now, you may have heard about swine flu. In the United Kingdom, apparently, there is the first recorded case of a human being getting swine flu. How serious is it? Not serious at all. So why is it making the news? We'll be talking about that with Dr. Judy. And then we go to Turkey. further Inan joins us. Uh, she's an experienced uh, politician in the world's first digital democracy. In fact, she's a foreign affairs committee chair in the parliament of Asgardia. We find out what that is. Most importantly, she's based in Istanbul. And I'm going to ask her the question, how is it that their premier, Erdogan, in Turkey manages to maintain good relations with Russia and America at the same time? That's quite an achievement. Most countries don't do that. Uh, And that's in the light of soaring arms trade uh, between Turkey and Russia. So she'll be joining us there, a truly international lineup in this hour. Just want to come to the UK for a moment for one story which I found particularly interesting. It turns out that the House of Lords Economics Committee uh, has been complaining about the Bank of England. In the United Kingdom, uh, Parliament is divided into two. You've got the House of Commons, those are the members of Parliament who get elected, and the House of Lords, they get appointed for life. And the House of Lords Economic Affairs Committee has said that there's a democratic deficit, that the Bank of England is basically meddling in things it has no business to meddle in, such as climate change. Now, uh, there's a chap called Ben Pyle, who I know quite well, actually. Uh, He is one of those alternative thinkers in the United Kingdom. By alternative thinker, I mean, he thinks for himself which is a refreshing change in British politics and he says that uh maybe maybe uh, the House of Lords uh economics <coughs> committee has suddenly woken up well have they had a look at the mainstream old-fashioned media they don't seem want to want to report this why because it's an inconvenient truth that some part of British politics is finally saying Bank of England, what are you doing messing around with the net zero agenda when this can wreck the economy and it's not your business anyway? Well, uh, you'll hear it about you'll hear all about it here on TNT Radio, and we're going to come back to that uh, as the week progresses. What do you think about this? Should the Bank of England or any bank be hobbling? It's national economy in the name of trying to cut carbon dioxide emissions or is this just another example of where virtue signaling and woke activity stand to ruin an economy you tell me we've got space for that and anything else under the sun coming up in a moment we've got Gemma cooper i'm lembutropic this is tnt radio
2: clashing on the controversies it's a woke society and i am fed up with it today's news talk
0: radio tnt
1: Gemma Cooper, good morning to you. How are you doing this uh Tuesday morning? So it's not your worst day yet. That'll come tomorrow.
3: <laughs> come tomorrow. Like a tsunami of weirdness on a Wednesday, isn't it, with me? But I'm all right today. You'll be pleased to know I'm all right. I'm um, yes. Very well, thank you.
1: It's like psychologically, I know what you mean though. You start on Monday, you feel you're safe on, on the shores of the weekend. And then on Friday, you feel the same, but in the middle, you're all at sea in the middle of the week. I know, I know what you mean. It doesn't affect me in the same way, but I know what you mean. My thoughts are with you at this difficult time.
3: <laughs> that's, that's good to know. That's good to know, Lumbik. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's that's funny okay. this morning. Uh, sorry.
1: Yeah, no, go ahead.
3: I was going to say it's funny this morning because um, Tuesday morning I wake up and I don't know about you, like some, sometimes I do question my own thoughts and judgments over the last three and a half years. I do think to myself, you know, what if I'm the one that's got it wrong and and everyone else is is right, you know, what if people like us are the crazy ones and, you know, we've had some kind of mind flip. And, you know, all the decisions and things I've done over the last three and a half years and leaving my old life behind, you know, what if actually I was having some kind of midlife epic moment and it was a terrible mistake. You know, and I I think you'd have to not be a human being to question, you know, have we got this right? Have we got this wrong? I know some people are very firmly, no, we've got this right. And that's that. And then I see stories like this I'm about to talk about. And I think, no, we have got this right because there is an agenda. And it's, it is dystopian. Sometimes I think maybe there's not a dystopian future. And then I see a story like this and I think, no, it's almost here. So I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about the um, prime minister hosting that uh, tech summit at Bletchley Park, all about AI and mm. the future. And Elon Musk came and said, you know, robots mean we never have to work again. There'll be no jobs. That's deeply sinister in itself. Anyway, yesterday he was at um, a, the Global Investment Summit, which is this big, massive tech conference at Hampton Court, just on the outskirts of London. And he told the investors there that every state school child, so every state school child, it's under the guise of public money education, uh, every single child in the UK should and could be given their own personal tailor made tuition from, you've guessed it, robots. That's the plan. Yeah. That is the plan. And he's called it the holy grail of education policy and says that AI. And robots offer the chance for public money, that's our money to you and me, Lembek, uh, public money to go much further in improving teaching for children. Uh, and he says, if you look at what AI is already doing, the promise of every child having their own personal tutor is there. Uh, he says in the analog world, it's funny, he's used the, he's, he used those words, he said in the analog world, i.e. human world, uh, this is impossible <laughs> because it's not affordable. Uh, but with AI, Every single child will have its own personal tutor in the form of a robot, and it's going to transform the world. Now, I was thinking, well, maybe, all right, but I don't know about the timescale on this. But there's, funnily enough, corroborating this story, there's, a, there's another story out this morning. as a report, uh, a government report, um, which has come out today in the UK, and it says teachers are already using AI anyway. They're using it to mark, make handouts, send emails to parents. So they're using, you know, AI technology to talk to the parents because they don't want to do it themselves. Um, adapting the reading ages of text to create basic artwork, and the report is basically saying this government report, which surveyed the teachers, um, nearly a thousand teachers. It says basically, it's a good thing. Uh, it does warn though that AI can produce unreliable or biased content, but on the whole. They want to this government report says today they want to realize the potential of AI in the classroom that's the day after Rishi Sunak is saying he wants every kid to be taught by a robot now it's fraught with difficulty because there is an emotional aspect to teaching you've got children you know this if the kid's not feeling well if the kid's having a bad day kid doesn't want to learn kid's going to say stuff you robot you know, and there's the, the human element, of course, is gone, and it it links perfectly back to the uh, tech summit at Bletchley Park, where Elon Musk was saying, "Soon there'll be no jobs. Well, soon there'll be no teachers. Soon there'll be no <laughs> there'll be no pupils. You know, there's just if this, you know, sometimes I think maybe we're not heading for a dystopian future. Then I look at stories like that today, and I think, no, 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 we've got a lot of fight on our hands still. Because what are the implications for the way a child develops as a human? It's all very well filling it full of facts and figures. But what about teaching it other stuff? You know, how to empathize, how to get on with other human beings, how to resolve conflicts. I don't think a robot is gonna be able to do that.
1: I can I can see it now, the teacher-nator. I need your notebook, <laughs> your homework, and your tricycle. I mean, <laughs> where does this end? Surely the one thing we're meant to be teaching kids is how to be a human being human. There's a great book by a, a friend of mine called Steve Chalk, actually, who, who runs a church. And it's called Being Human. And it's all about the the soul. It's all about empathy. It's all about all the things that make us not robots. If we're going to start getting Robbie to teach our children, where does this end? Homeschooling suddenly becomes much more attractive, even though I haven't got the time to do it. Uh, I understand that you can do certain functions with, with a, with a With a uh, robot but i I love the school that my child's in precisely because it is so human she learns manners courtesy she understands feelings how does an ai do that
3: well exactly that's exactly my question and i just have to bring in my own personal experience here but as you know i'm doing some continued development, personal, professional training to become a a psycho-spiritual therapist. They've got years to go yet. That's how intense the training is. But the teachers that are teaching me are saying they are seeing more demand than ever before for people needing counselling for mental health issues and just being able to deal with their own emotions to understand that emotions are fine. They're part of being human. Don't push them away. And it's when you suppress emotions that you get into a lot of trouble, actually, because they come out in other ways. So, you know, how does a robot... Teach a child how to manage its emotions because robots don't have emotions. It's just—it's it's just an awful proposal. But no, Sunak yesterday stood up in front of some of the biggest tech investors in the world and said it's the holy grail of education to have every single child in the state in the state school system. That's the public school system, which is you know different to America and Australia possibly, but it's millions of children. It's the holy grail of education to have a robot. So of course, what's the implications for teaching as a profession? No, no jobs there either. What's going to happen to everybody with no jobs? Where, where, well, Holly, where are they going to go?
1: Holly says, uh, "Good morning, Holly." By the way. Uh, Holly says, who cares if all the children in the future are stupid? She is being ironic, by the way. Then she says, well, at least the teachers won't be able to go on strike anymore. (laughs) Fair fair enough. Um, Just a bloke who asked questions says that uh, AI education is just a continuation of the dehumanization agenda. Very dystopian. Uh, That's the point that Gemma's making too. Uh, Holly says, will they be able to throw blackboard rubbers? Oh, no, of course not. Uh, Holly, I'm sure that's illegal already. (laughs) There we go. Chris says, sounds like a great idea using AI to teach children. Oh, wait programmed by nwo leftists who um <laughs> uh go on the, the climate lie uh, who sprung the climate lie uh, what could possibly go wrong i mean this is the thing uh, incidentally uh while you're mentioning this i have now got some inside knowledge about the mystery of why sam altman who was in charge of a very important ai company called open ai why he left and when, why he came back this isn't definite But somebody who is probably two steps removed from Sam Altman and does know him directly says that uh, it's because they're very, very close to generating a conscious computer and that it wasn't anything to do with his professional competence. It's just he uh, he gave his board the willies. And if that's right, all of this, putting this all together, means that we could be human slaves in a robot nation before long. Uh, Would you, if you had children, how would you feel if the school said, we're actually going to be using AI for a third of the time to teach your children? What would you do?
3: No, I think you definitely know the answer to that. I mean, if I had children, you know, I would never have I mean, I regret going through the education system and I was a grade A student. I did everything I was told. I was very well programmed. I was a little matrix agent. You know, I wouldn't want now I've had my awakening. I look back and think, my God, what a lucky escape I've had in the second half of my life. If I had precious little bundles of joy, it wouldn't go near the education system, they would not go near it. I would be I would be doing what they're doing at Hope Sussex here in the southeast corner of the UK, a whole community of people educating each other's kids, using their skills and talents. They've been on TNT actually, some of the their leaders there, the community leaders at Hope Sussex, they've got it right. And the mainstream media has come after them and call them a bunch of far right extremists. If you go to Hope Sussex here in the UK, it's absolutely stunningly beautiful and the kids run around and they're happy and they, they spend a lot of time in nature, that would be what I would be doing.
1: A uh, couple of here, just a bloke, in response to the ability to throw dusters at children, he says, oh, LOL, I remember those days. Like, you're nostalgic about being insulted by teachers. What were you like, just a bloke, when you were at school? Chris says, no jobs, and you will be in the queue for depopulation. And Holly adds, three of my clients have young teenage children. They all have one child out of three that refuse to go to school and are obviously depressed these are well-off people living in uh in, in in very nice houses uh with surely no concerns it's out there everywhere uh I'm very sympathetic to your concerns uh are you sympathetic to Gemma, Gemma's concerns are you a parent what do you think about the idea of robots teaching your children? Let me know. You can join me here at tntradio.live. Go to the chat or get the phone numbers as well. Uh, you'll find the numbers are on, the, uh, on the screen there. Uh, coming up next, we've got Simeon Boykov. Thank you, Gemma. Uh, Simeon Boykov with his unique take on the world. All of that with me, Lembatopic, here on TNT Radio.
0: TNT Radio's Chris Smith. Despite being used to protect travellers from terrorists, hijackers or violent drunks or those who were drugged out as they board, and this has been going on since 1961, they won't be around this Thanksgiving. None of them. Air marshals were always meant to be invisible. Well, you can guarantee that this Thanksgiving. Ironically, the Biden administration has been hijacking air marshals for all kinds of other duties, leaving the passengers they were meant to guard and protect completely helpless. Air marshals have been lumbered with assisting the chaos on the southern border. They might be called air marshals but an unknown number are now seconded to work on the ground. Maybe they're ground marshals now. Marshaling illegal immigrants on the border and doing the job supposedly meant for the United States Customs and Border Protection. Where are they? Chris Smith on TNT Radio.
4: People might tell you that Lyme doesn't kill people but we are losing people. People disappear from their lives.
5: One of the scariest things that I had to deal with was uh, memory loss. Not just like, I don't remember what I did last week, but like, I forgot all the words to my own songs. I remember going to my primary care physician and he was like, you are 100% healthy, there's nothing wrong with you. And my response was, that's impossible, I'm dying.
3: I wasn't working. So I had all of these hospital bills and we had to move out of our home and move into my parents' basement. I just wish I could have truly been present in those big moments, you know, when she took her first steps or, you know, her first day of preschool. Lima's such a thief and it goes undetected because no one is looking for it.
2: For more information and prevention tips, go to projectlime.org. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio.
1: Good morning to you. It is just after 20 past six in the morning, Greenwich Mean Time, 20 past five in the evening in Sydney, Melbourne, a bit earlier in Perth. Wherever you are in the world, welcome to the home of free speech, that's TNT Radio. Uh, You can join us in the dialogue. You can share your points of view without censorship by going to tntradio.live and getting involved in the chat. You'll also find the phone numbers there. If you want to call in, you're welcome to do so. Uh, Coming up in this hour, shortly we'll be talking about swine flu. How dangerous is it? Not very dangerous. Why is it in the media? Now that's the debate we want to have. But before that, we've got TNT Radio's very own Simeon Boykoff, the Aussie Cossack, joining us uh, on the uh, show. Uh, In Australia, apparently local mainstream media radio presenters uh kylie and J- kyle and jackio are making headlines after a domestic live on the air over COVID 19 is their trouble in paradise uh, more on the story is tnt radio presenter simeon uh live from sydney good afternoon to
4: you simeon how are you doing great thank you very much probably much better than these mainstream presenters whether they may be in the newspapers on tv or on the radio they're all doing backflips uh about their stance on COVID-19. If we rewind back to the days of the lockdowns and the uh, mandates, it was the mainstream media journalists, the presenters, the radio broadcasters, the Ray Hadleys, the Kyle and O's, who were on huge amounts of money, uh, in particular, Kyle Sandilands is on a $200 million contract. Now, why were they being paid so much? Because if you rewind back to those days and you recall what was going on, they were part of the problem. They were actually peddling the narrative. They were telling people, You must get vaccinated or you will die. They were scaring people, coercing people, and they were shaming those people who elected uh, not to get vaccinated. Now, these people were part of the problem, and now it looks like their past is catching up with them. They accepted the 30 pieces of silver like Judas did when he betrayed Christ. Well, they accepted their 200 million uh, pieces of uh, silver, betrayed the people of Australia, and... Uh, this uh, radio presenter, Carl and Jackie o, they, of course, work for uh, KISS FM. Now, incidentally, KISS FM is uh, a network of radio stations in the United Kingdom, uh, owned by Bayo Media Group Audio UK. And they, uh, again, is that foreign interference? It only counts if it's Chinese or, or Russian in this country, but there are plenty of foreign media agencies in Australia. Now, what was the scandal on the air all about? Well, Carl Sandilands on Tuesday just after 11 minutes uh, on the air in the morning show, uh, angrily stormed off out of the studio, physically actually got up, stormed off, and he went off at his co-host, Jackie O, when she dared to discuss uh, COVID-19 live on the air. And the argument was kicked off uh, when uh, the radio host, Kyle, revealed that the New South Wales Premier, the Labour Premier, uh, had cancelled his planned interview uh, in person in the studio after he tested positive to convert 19. Now, Kyle was very irritated visibly on the air after Jackie actually played down the seriousness of the COVID saying, oh, you know, the premier should have just come in and had his interview because all it is, is just like the flu. It's just the cold, no big deal. And that set Kyle off. Why you ask, What's the what's so offensive about calling uh, convert 19 I flu like as we have been saying for many many years don't forget when we were saying this the independent journalists the mums and dads the people out there the masses when we were saying oh this is just a flu maybe it's a bad flu in fact i remember having uh covid 19 myself and I, it wasn't as bad as some of the flus that i've had five or six years ago anyway uh kyle goes off at jackie for saying that uh She's wrong by playing down the seriousness of COVID. He told Jackie that uh, she she should still isolate if she had the virus, as she had been extremely cautious in the past on the air, scaring people, fear-mongering, saying how bad it is, how deadly, deadly it is. And that led to Jackie firing back at Kyle on the air, saying, I'm allowed to change my opinion on the seriousness of COVID. So here they are playing out this domestic, this radio pair, who are being paid just astronomical amounts of money to peddle the vaccines uh, to peddle uh, the government propaganda uh flavor of the day and now they're changing their opinion live on the air and that really uh, found a uh, sore nerve uh, with kyle who accused jackie saying that she, uh, she doesn't have consistency in her opinions about the virus before abruptly declaring he was going home and leaving the studio for the day now uh, the co-host jackie stunned uh was uh in shock their executive producer had to confirm that Carl had gone home for the day and they just turned on some reruns there you go mainstream radio collapsing melting down just at the suggestion that covert is actually not that bad not as deadly as it was once uh, uh thought up by the propaganda machine uh this is an interesting story why because it's an example, another example of the mainstream media journalists and the corporations, the big uh, propaganda machines that were getting millions and uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. And these, these, these are getting hundreds of millions of dollars each, the presenters, not to mention what the networks were getting uh, in government tax breaks and sponsorship deals with big pharma companies and Pfizer, and Moderna, AstraZeneca. And here they are now in an identity crisis. Because somewhere deep down inside, they want to tell the truth because it's just inevitable now that everybody knows that it was a scam, a virus with a 99.8% survival rating, and all these people, uh, unfortunately, uh, were killed by the vaccine. Let's just face it. Let's just put it that way. Also killed by ventilators, which were completely unnecessary. Uh, So there you go. A spokesperson for uh, the ARN confirmed uh, that uh, they could potentially uh be you know reshuffles or someone could be out of a job over this uh, and we'll see how this all pans out but i thought it's nice for us as the truth-telling independent radio stations to have a moment of uh, uh you know gloating against these uh, mainstream media presenters who despite being paid hundreds of millions of dollars still can't get their narrative straight the narrative is collapsing it's falling apart and uh, people uh, some people are speculating it could have been a publicity stunt just for ratings, but I don't think so. I think this was genuine. I think genuinely uh, the cracks uh, have been appearing in the mainstream media narrative in relation to COVID now for many years. And this is good news for those people who held the line, who stood their ground. Those of us, and you know who you are if you're listening, because if you're on TNT Radio and you're a listener, that means you probably, your head is screwed on correctly and you have the right outlook on COVID and all these. Uh, government propaganda issues if you're here on our station and it's a nice moment to reflect back and say well we were right don't forget we were the ones who were shunned out of uh going to restaurants or purchasing food or attending uh church or going to even hospitals you know don't forget we weren't allowed to go to a hospital if we for unvaccinated yeah. unbelievable and now so so, so let me just check so so basically these people
1: who have been paid a fortune have basically stepped off the program now that is dangerous let me just check. he actually stormed off the show yes yeah, professional
4: physi- thing you can possibly do in our profession physically got up and stormed out of the studio and uh it's uh, I think it's roughly an average of a hundred thousand dollars a day is being paid on that contract so you storm out of the studio you say no to a hundred thousand dollars um who knows uh, is, is that good money well spent uh for people who peddle the narrative you know and in a way they are judases they have sold out they did sell out whereas many people the average australians mums and dads who were stopped from going to work stopped from seeing their loved ones stopped from going to funerals were being treated as second-class citizens in an apartheid state at the time in australia uh, they would see this as uh, the epitome of uh, you know the characterization of these mainstream media stooges who collaborated with the government these are comparable to zoner commandos on the commandos you recall the zonder commandos were <laughs> the uh the inmates in auschwitz and dachau and the other yeah. concentration camps uh who actually collaborated with yeah. the german nazi guards in exchange for living a little bit longer than the other inmates so these are the inmates that actually uh you know sorted out the belongings and the clothes and the hair and pulled out the gold teeth from the bodies as they threw them into the gas chambers and killing off their own because they thought that would prolong their own existence and of course the zonder commanders themselves after six months or however many months were then in turn also annihilated by a new set of zonder commanders so that's who these mainstream media journalists are they're nothing more than zonder commanders
1: If you want to come and have a right to reply, you're welcome to come to TNT Radio, where we will not silence you. We allow you to have your domestic here without censorship. And and to listeners, what do you think about the fact that there seems to be a breaking of ranks in the old-fashioned, the perhaps outdated media, while TNT has been completely consistent all the way through? Thank you, Simeon Boykoff. Uh, You've heard what he has to say. I want to know what you say as well. Uh, You can have that say at tntradio.live. Go to the chat. Uh, You can also find the phone number numbers there we're going to stay on a similar theme uh, in a few minutes time we're going to talk about swine flu why has one single case of a mild infection made the headlines in the United Kingdom joining us now uh, in a short while uh, is a doctor who knows all about that that's with me Dempotopic on TNT radio TNT radio news
3: news
0: oh, Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines Tech tycoon Elon Musk has caused a stir after making the trip to Israel where he met with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and appeared to back the country's bombardment of Gaza. A former White House doctor who has taken care of three past presidents has sounded the alarm over the health of Joe Biden who turned 81 last week. And North Korea has deployed soldiers and heavy weapons at guard posts near its border with South Korea after ripping up a 2018 joint military accord with its southern neighbour. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT Radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT Radio.
1: Greetings. Let me do it here. It's just after half past six in the morning in the UK, half past five in the evening in Sydney and Melbourne, a little bit earlier in Perth, uh, wherever you are. Welcome to the home of free speech, TNT Radio. We never sleep. We're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week, sharing facts as we can establish them, our opinions as we see them, and leaving you to draw your own conclusions. Now we were just talking with Simeon Boykov there uh, about uh, COVID and the big spat in the old fashioned media. Well, in the United Kingdom, the BBC has gone heavy on swine flu. UK detects first human case of a new strain. How serious is this? Well, apparently it's a mild disease. It's happened before. There have been 50 cases of uh, similar uh, swine flu viruses uh, being detected in humans globally in the past 20 years. And there was apparently a swine flu pandemic in humans in 2009. So why is this making the headlines? Should we be concerned? And if so, what should we be concerned about? Joining me now is Dr. Judy Wileyman, who is a social scientist, PhD, and vaccine policy critic. Uh, Doctor, thanks for joining us on TNT Radio.
6: Thank you for having me
1: now i see the swine flu story splattered across uh some of the mainstream media in the uk what is swine flu how serious is it if it's serious at all
6: well this is the question isn't it and uh, again it's all the fear-mongering that we saw firstly in 2009 and then secondly using the same blueprint uh, is the way in which they created an illusion of a pandemic in 2020 for the COVID situation. So if you go back to 2009, we need to look at how, that, uh, how they created that p- pandemic. For the first time, you know, we've had this pandemic and the way they do it is by um, changing the diagnostic criteria and also the surveillance of a particular virus or bacteria. Um, so and also, they changed definitions. Uh, so, in 2009, the first thing they did was to change the definition of a pandemic, and that happened in May 2009. Um, they changed it from needing enormous numbers of deaths to only needing cases of disease. Now, cases of disease can be mild or even asymptomatic. That means no, no symptoms at all. And therefore, they're not cases that you need to worry about. And this is what was reversed in 2009. Prior to 2009, it was known that the majority of flu was mild or asymptomatic and that the cases uh, were not, didn't lead to serious illness in the majority of people but by changing that definition they could then create an illusion that this was a serious disease particularly if you then say there's a new variant of a disease a new virus that's been uh, transmitted from pigs to humans okay and that frightens the public even more and then the other criteria is they then tell the public oh humans will have no immunity no natural immunity to this this new influenza now, with two, in 2009, the World Health Organization admitted that none of that was true. The virus that, that they called swine flu uh, actually contained H1N1, influenza H1N1, which is, a part of, which is the virus that uh, we have been monitoring uh, for decades since mm-hmm. the 60s and 70s. And uh, this virus was a recombinant. It had, had part H1N1, part bird and part swine flu. Uh, sorry, swine. But they called it swine flu. And um, that's what frightened the public. But who has admitted, even in 2009, the majority of people were not dying from swine flu. It was a mild disease and it was only the elderly with comorbidity that are ever at risk from influenza. You see, so using all of these different... Criteria, they reversed our thinking about flu, and now they can fear monger about a single case uh, by by uh, setting up surveillance stations all over the country and now um, monitoring and identifying a particular strain of flu. And you see, prior to two thousand and nine, influenza we know is caused by thousands of uh, viruses, bacteria, and even medications the flu symptoms can be caused by medications and vaccines Uh, but since 2009 the government's been uh, setting up these monitoring stations and even testing for the viruses in people without symptoms so again you can then say here's a case of disease and then frighten the public with this fear-mongering about a pandemic coming Uh, so so it's all about the changes they've made
1: So so yes, it sounds to me a a phrase which I think maybe my father taught me a person with a hammer sees everything as a nail. And it sounds to me you're saying there's an active strategy to try to identify stuff which has been going on in our bodies ever since we had bodies. But now we've decided to try to codify it in a way which I suppose Judy has the potential to get them to start imposing restrictions on us once again.
6: Oh, that's right. So this is all about controlling the population. And uh, it was never necessary pr- to, to look at what strain of virus causes the flu mm. symptoms. Uh, you know, people get flu and the majority of people uh, just recover from it. And sometimes you might need uh, the antibiotics for the um Uh, Secondary infection, but you see, from 2009 onwards, they changed that all to say, "Oh no, this has been caused that the serious part of the disease has been caused by a virus. Therefore, we now need antivirals." Well, let me tell you that none of those antivirals have been proven to be effective in controlling these diseases, and we now know that remdesivir and many of the others are actually killing people. Um, And also, the same with the vaccine; they never tested the vaccines to prove that they are safe and effective. Even the swine flu vaccine of 2009, it was never proven to be uh, safe or effective prior to its use. And that's what we've seen again with COVID. But the the government's being allowed to say that because no one's making them accountable for providing that evidence before they are, are promoted in the population. So it all comes back to making the government accountable and putting the onus of proof of harm back onto the pharmaceutical companies and the government.
2: That's
6: been reversed just, so the public uh, can me, now have to improve these
1: medications uh, the doctor, uh, let me just tell you some things Judy that are being said by some of our listeners Holly says I'm not buying any nonsense about swine flu being there done that it's total nonsense another desperate attempt at food control and fear uh Mr Ted says let's never forget and uh uh holly says i've tested positive for deep-rooted disbelief in what COVID pushers say uh chris says ron hadley and his uh minions mark levy are the worst get you vaccinated you grub and stop listening if you don't get vaccinated there uh, were some of the things we got from them to their listeners well i did just that and i haven't listened to 2gb for over two years a uh, lot of lot of cynicism, skepticism Judy amongst our listeners here at TNT radio uh, towards these people. are people are they probably justified in being skeptical about uh, pandemic warnings and vaccination demands?
6: Absolutely. Um, we, the financial companies now uh, as you know, money is power. And they are now, through conflicts of interest, influencing all of our research institutions, uh, universities included. Uh, We know the lobbying and donation system means they can control government policy. And that's why the precautionary principle, which requires the government and and the pharmaceutical companies to prove that they're safe and effective before they market them, uh, has been reversed because it's, it's the pharmaceutical companies that are, are, are designing policy through the conflicts of interest in our TGA and our uh, regulatory boards. Um, and, and as you know, the World Health Organization also is being directed in global health policies by a body behind that. It's called the Gabby Alliance, the Global Alliance for Vaccines and Immunisation. Now, that's all your pharmaceutical companies. It's Bill and Melinda Gates. It's the biotechnology companies. And it's a body that um, is outside of the World Health Organization. It, it's not mm. the advisory board within the WHO that was set up for to design vaccination policy. And this body was the Gabby Alliance was set up in 1999, and then the international health regulations that they now control with 193 WHO member countries were established in 2005. And now, of course, we're dealing with the amendments uh, to the international health regulations, which, if they come through, uh, will mean that this outside body, these pharmaceutical companies that control global health policy through the WHO, will now be able to control. The directives given by our government, whenever they call a pandemic, whether it be real or potential, and of course, as you know, in Australia in 2020 it was only potential. Uh, there were no, there was no pandemic when uh, Scott Morrison literally closed the borders and put everybody into lockdown.
1: It's interesting. Uh, Novak Djokovic was lambasted the uh, the tennis player lambasted for not getting a vaccine. Uh, And yet now I feel that I shouldn't have either. And here in the UK, it's making front page headlines on the, uh, uh, what most people call maybe the old media, the outdated media, uh, because uh, someone, one one single person got swine flu, but they'd recovered by the time it was discovered. Uh, Are we being set up for another pandemic?
6: We absolutely are. They want that the lockdowns that they brought in in 2020 and the social distancing, um, all of these measures, they want to be the new norm because it's all about control and surveillance. You need to look at Agenda 2030 now uh, because they're moving on with the agenda and it's all the, the way in which you, you get this control of populations is through the World Health Organization Um, and this body behind it, the Gavi Alliance. Uh, Novak Djokovic is an absolute hero. Um, Everybody knows about informed consent to medications without coercion, and he stuck to that medical principle. Um, You know, clearly he did his own research as well. Um, And so to win tournaments... Um, with all the ridicule and denigration, I mean, I've experienced it myself, public denigration in the media because of my research that I did in 2005, sorry, 2015, on the swine flu vaccine and uh, the supposed pandemic, um, you know, for him to be winning tournaments with, with that mental abuse, um, the gaslighting that we get, is absolutely amazing. He is, he is to be commended.
1: He, lost, he actually lost ranking points in preference to protecting his body.
6: His and, is nothing more yeah. important than our health. You see, your quality of life depends upon your health. So anybody who thinks about this clearly, the, the fundamental human right is our right to control what we put into our bodies. So whilst there's other fundamental rights like clean air and water, nothing comes before your right to control what is put into your own body. And this medical autonomy is our fundamental human right. Um, And once we lose it, you lose your quality of life, and there are millions of people globally now who have neurological damage. They have cancers, t- turbo cancers. They have strokes and heart attacks, and and the people they're, they're being gaslit by the medical profession here in Australia. Mm. Uh, it, it's it's huge. Uh, the, the doctors um, are still refusing to to, to, mm. to admit that this this, is, this um, jab could be causing these these reactions when we know that drugs have side effects in many people, and these were not tested, and the evidence uh, clearly shows there's a correlation. Um, so this is a serious situation, and doctors, if they continue down this line, uh, their, their, their profession will go into decline because the respect will not be there, uh, because they continue to claim that they, they, they are, these things are unknown cause. You know, sudden Judy. adults dying is an unknown cause now.
1: Dr. Judy Wileyman, thanks so much for your candidness. We'll have you back as this develops. And I'm sure this swine flu story will develop. That's Dr. Judy Wileyman, social sciences, PhD, vaccine policy critic and outspoken critic of the way that we have been manipulated to use a fairly provocative term, that's my opinion, uh, in the COVID uh, campaign, and I say that advisedly because I myself was a victim of the third vaccine, third and final vaccine that I took, uh, never again for me. Uh, What do you think of what you've heard? Lots in the chat box. I'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, I want to know your views. Maybe you feel this is wrong uh that mean know your opinions by going to TNTRadio.live, or you can phone in as well you'll find the phone numbers on our site uh now coming up next you may have noticed that uh, the premier of turkey erdogan uh who got re-elected in a record new term uh isn't just friends with america he's friends with russia how does he pull that off What is it that Turkey's got that the rest of the West hasn't got? We'll find out with our our person in Istanbul after the break. I'm Lember Turbik. This is TNT Radio.
0: Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg.
7: Last week, Donald Trump took to Truth Social to spell out why he believes it's imperative that voters pull the lever for him over Joe Biden in a little less than a year from now. The stakes in this election could not be higher. Next November, you have a choice between war, poverty, and weakness under Crooked Joe Biden, or peace, prosperity, and strength under President Donald J. Trump. Just three years ago, our economy was booming, the world was safe, and America was strong. And now? Under Crooked Joe Biden, the economy is in a shambles and the world is going up in flames. Real incomes have gone down by $7,400 per family under Crooked Joe. Gas prices are four, five, six, and seven dollars a gallon. Cumulative inflation is nearly twenty percent, and mortgage rates are pushing a brutal seven percent, eight percent, nine percent, ten percent, and you can't get the money. And that's not the worst part. We have war in Europe, we have wars in the Middle East, and we are stumbling into World War Three. That's what's going to happen with this leadership because they don't know what they're doing. The contrast could not be more stark. And all of what you just heard couldn't be more true. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malzberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT Radio Vision.
2: Our beautiful world is changing, withering, dying by the hands of those who don't value nature, even though we all depend on it for life itself. But there is hope. Together with caring friends, the Nature Conservancy can restore our lands, heal our waters, and save our wildlife with big solutions only nature can provide. But every day we lose more of the places we love, and we urgently need to save endangered lands, waters, and wild species. The actions we take today will determine the tomorrow we leave to our children and grandchildren. The water they drink, the air they breathe, the beauty they experience. To learn more about how you can help protect and conserve our beautiful world, visit nature.org today.
0: Opic. You're listening to Limbit Opic on today's News Talk Radio,
1: TNT. Good morning to you if you're in the UK. Good evening to you if you're in Australia. Good night. Where have you been? If you've been around the rest of the world, you're most welcome to TNT Radio, the home of free speech. Uh, we've been discussing all kinds of things today. Uh, just go through some of the quotes. Apologies if uh, you've just joined us and this doesn't make sense. Uh, this refers to what's been going on on my show, the Lemphitopic show, in this hour. Uh, Marcus isn't too impressed with uh, Simeon Boykoff. Uh, just feels that he doesn't represent the views of Conservative Australians, says he's switching off. I hope you haven't switched off, Marcus. I'm reading that out because you've got the right to disagree with, with Simeon uh so uh marcus just doesn't agree with simian that's the way it goes chris slater slates uh ray hadley and mark levy uh doesn't reckon that they're too good things are very gullible um uh just a Book says haven't listened to lamestream media for over two years now even the so-called alternative media pushed the agenda thank goodness for the likes of tnt uh, thanks for that uh just a Book, do keep listening and uh uh there's some uh, uh chris actually is def- Defending, i think um uh i think chris is defending uh, uh simeon well that debate can carry on there i'll leave you to make those decisions for yourselves uh, and uh there's quite a lot of criticism of the mainstream media or lamestream media quite like that actually uh in here about the uk as well holly says Ferguson the idiot Uh, says modeling um, terrible modeling because people meet a lot of pigs don't they yeah (laughs) good point about swine flu and one more Chris says COVID equals flu yes more like COVID equals a cold very few people have actually had flu I had what's called COVID apparently registered positive for it. It it wasn't nice but here I am. Didn't have any vaccine at the time. Uh, lots more comments, more than I can possibly get through there. Thanks for keeping those calls and comments uh, uh, coming. Alex is saying then, but what is the very short version of your vaccine injury? I've heard you say you've been vaccine injured, but I've always wondered what happened. Uh, in my case, it was quite strange. I hallucinated on the train on the way into London, so much so that a friend of mine had on the phone had to talk me off the train, made me sit in a coffee shop while well, another friend came across London and essentially stayed with me while I came back to my senses it was a very odd day um, I saw these yellow people on the train literally I phoned my friend up said the yellow people they're on the train well my friend made me put my camera on and there were yellow people there were children in yellow Dalo jackets but that's not what I saw and um, I think I've had other health problems strangely my sense of smell came back after having lost it for a long time but I've had blood pressure issues as a result. I don't think I'm the only one. Uh, That's a very short version. Um, But let's put that to the side for now. I want to go to Turkey now. Uh, Ferda Enan joins us now. Uh, It says here, the Asgardia Parliament Foreign Affairs Committee Chair. She's political in the world's first digital democracy. Uh, Ferda, thanks for joining us on TNT Radio.
5: Thank you. Also inviting.
1: I'm very pleased that you can join us from Istanbul. What is is, uh, Asgardia? Uh, We're going to talk about Turkey, but what is Guardia?
5: It is a space nation for the people. We are making people come together and work for space industry.
1: So is it a community that wants to live in space?
5: Yes, of course. And it also works as a... And it works. It's all system, economically, social and experiments and also committees and parliament and structure everything is included we will be making everything working
1: we definitely want to come back to that subject uh, in the near future on tnt radio what i want to discuss today though is a story i saw that suggests that there's a very healthy arms trade between uh turkey and russia but at the same time uh, it seems that Turkey is very able to have a successful dialogue with the West. How has yeah. Erdogan done this? How can he be friends with both sides of the same war?
5: When you're in the middle, you have to.
1: But <laughs> how does he do it? He seems to literally be friends with the uh, friends with the West and friends with the East at the same time
5: he has to make negotiations also find the middle point of the problem so we will be protecting our point mm-hmm. it
1: has to be so so Erdogan literally seems to be doing business with Russia while other countries are sanctioning Russia. I understand that there are no visa restrictions for Russians to fly into into Turkey for example um also, what's yes. the general public' what's the public's view about this are they comfortable with that?
5: yes why not also we like to have the others as well it's a lot of districts coming and going and we will be happy to be free around the countries it's good for the trade and commerce
1: well, It's very good for trade and commerce i don't doubt it you must have a very successful uh tourist industry in that case uh with yes, the, uh absolutely. with the, yeah with the russians um do you think that do you think that the rest of the west that the west is making a terrible mistake then?
5: Sometimes but not always.
1: <laughs> I can tell you're a politician because <laughs> it's a very smart answer. Uh, Thank I'm going to try <laughs> I'm not sure I was complimenting you, but there we go. I'm just looking here uh, from the conversation. There was a headline uh, some weeks ago. It says, Turkey faces competing pressures from Russia and the West to end its middleman strategy and pick a side on the war. But Erdogan got elected, uh, re-elected as a pragmatist. Uh, Mm -hmm. it, It seems to me that he doesn't make any secret of this. He's happy to be friends with the Russian premier and the american premiere at the same time uh, yes
5: it, it is, is good for our, from our side
1: it's very good for you but what do you say about what do people then say what does he say about the uh the conflict the uh the problems in ukraine what's the official position do you know
5: no i don't want to go into there i'm <laughs> no authority for my country i will be making uh sentences for Asgardia, but not for turkey
1: mm-hmm. okay so tell me then something uh, i understand therefore that asgardia doesn't want to have any involvement in terrestrial politics uh, i saw that yes in the writing um what is what is erdogan like as a person leaving aside the politics what's his personality what's his character like
5: oh a lot changeable um I don't like to do discussion about that as well. Your questions are very rough, by the way, and <laughs> I know that this will be launched globally. So no, thank you. <laughs>
1: okay, tell <laughs> tell me something. I think we're learning a lot about the way that uh, that you're thinking and the way that Turkey's thinking. Maybe you're explaining something about uh, about the way that things work. Turkey seems to be doing quite well. Uh, as a nation, it's it's a very large country. Uh, it's got over 80 million residents. Where does Turkey see itself? Does it see itself as a European country or does it see itself uh, as part of a different bloc?
5: Mostly in the history, we were thinking that we were European, mainly. Most of the nation and population is like that, but we don't leave our traditions so our religions and our way of living, it's important for us. It is making a little bit distance from European point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not losing the old ways. So uh, we are in the middle, I can tell.
1: Uh, Turk uh, Istanbul has a population. The city of Istanbul's population is something like mm-hmm. 33 million What's it like live in a city so big?
5: Catastrophic.
1: <laughs> it's just so big. i there. It's it's enormous. It's just it's just the commuting must be incredible.
5: Oh, every day two three small fights uh, and some negotiations. Everything goes smoothly other than.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can see. I can see. Feather, Ian, thanks for joining us. I can see why. Erdogan is such a good operator. You have diplomatic uh, excellence yourself. Very diplomatic. <laughs> that's that's Ferdinand, who is, I think, as wily as the Premier of Turkey. Uh, we're going to get uh, further back for another round at some point in the future to see if I can pin her down on which side is she on. but maybe you can now see why Turkey does so well on both sides, well done I salute, I salute Ferda there, uh, That's definitely a score draw, uh, that was Ferda Inan from Turkey, have a very good day there if you're listening in Turkey, welcome, if you're listening Australia UK, welcome again, coming up in the next hour, a packed show we're going to go to the United States and uh, talking about some issues there uh, about the southern US border uh, we're going to be uh, getting some other fascinating information as well from other colleagues uh, and People around the world, as well as uh, our friend Gemma Cooper. All of that with me, Lembitopic, here on TNT Radio.